0: Good morning. What we just saw here was a conglomeration of different gospel stories. Let's see what Mark has to say in chapter 2 about the call of Levi. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, "It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners." My friends, this story is meant for you to be a part of it. And so let me ask you this morning, which character are you in this story? Which which person are you? Now, we'll leave uh, the Son of God to Jesus, okay? We'll let him play that role. But what about the others? There are several different people in in this narrative. Let's focus on two this morning. Do you identify with Levi the tax collector or with the unnamed Pharisees? Now, if you're like me, your first thought is probably not the Pharisees. But before we ridicule those Pharisees too much, let me remind you that their reaction to Jesus was actually quite honorable and even heroic. You see, the Pharisees were the spiritual heirs of the Hasidim, that group of brave Jews who only a century and a half before Jesus' time had quite literally saved Israel. A crazy Greek ruler by the name of Antiochus, had tried to annihilate the Jewish religion. But the Hasidim, they resisted. Against all odds, they courageously held out and they bore the brunt of Antiochus' anger. Oh, the stories of the torture that they endured will make you cringe. Seven brothers and their mother, skin ripped off their faces, tongues torn out, hands and feet cut off, and then after all of that, fried on a pan. Yet the Hasidim refused to give up the old ways, for to do so would be to give up on their identity as Yahweh's chosen people. And in the end, their heroic resistance paid off, and crazy Antiochus was overthrown, all because of the Hasidim. And the Pharisees followed in the footsteps of those faithful heroes of the faith. Now, fast forward to Jesus. Here in our text, we have this man, Levi, a tax collector, collecting taxes for the hated oppressor of Israel. No, it wasn't Greek this time. It wasn't Greece this time, but it it was Rome. But if you think about it, what's the difference? They occupied the Holy Land, and in so doing, they called the very existence of the people of God into question. You see, Levi was a traitor, according to every accepted way of understanding that reality. A traitor not just to his own countryman, but a traitor to Yahweh himself. And the Pharisees, as keepers of Israel, not only felt it justified, but it was divinely mandated that they make sure that the people of God didn't mingle with people like Levi and his friends. And so why Why, Jesus and you disciples, do you eat with those sinners? They were not just puzzled. They were outraged. The underlying problem, my friends, is that their very own history that they had grown up with led them to place limits on God's grace. And that begs the question, do we also do that perhaps without even knowing it, utterly and completely convinced that it's justified and even necessary for the very existence and survival of our very church. What in my own history is leading me to place limits on God's grace? Or or how about you? What limits have you placed on God's grace? Whether it's a certain scandalous sin, a certain group of people the color of someone's skin, or the clothes they wear, the customs they hold, the language they speak, or the political party they belong to, our natural tendency is to always limit the scope of God's amazing grace, and as a result, to distance ourselves from them. Now, yes, sure, perhaps we'll allow that God's grace can also be for them, but, but let them keep their distance just to be safe. You see, if, if we're really honest with each other, we just may be more like those Pharisees than we really wish to admit. Frustrated, perhaps at times even outraged at God's outrageously unlimited grace. And we have this tendency because when it comes down to it, in the end, we ourselves are nothing but poor, miserable sinners. As I said earlier, this story is meant for you to be a part of it. So let's experience it now as Levi the sinner. Those words of Jesus at the end of the story are also meant for you and me. I have come not for the righteous, but for sinners. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. He has come to where we are, and he seeks us out. Now, now, make no mistake about it, my friends, in hanging out with sinners, Jesus does not casually dismiss sin or condone wrongdoing. What we have here is far from any kind of divine disregard or godly tolerance of sin. There's no sweeping that stuff under the rug. This is not some benevolent candy machine God whose favor is purchased for a few cents. After all, what would be the value of that grace anyway? No, not at all. If we say that God's grace is free, it's saying that God's grace is free for us. It's not to say that it's cheap. Far from it. It is ever so costly, and the price has been paid in full, not with gold or silver, but with the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death and the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You see, whether Levi understood it at the moment is besides the point. He was bought with a price. And so are you and me. This grace is so precious. It's, it's like finding a treasure in a field. As soon as you find it, you go out, you sell everything you have, and you, and you buy that field. It's like finding a pearl of, of great value, such that you sell everything you have and you buy that pearl. That's how precious this grace is. And so it makes sense. That when Jesus says those simple words, follow me, Levi drops what he's doing, and he follows Jesus. Wouldn't you? That priceless grace is not something you pass up. My friends, in Jesus' eyes, the only difference between Levi, the tax collector, and the unnamed Pharisees is that Levi recognized his need for a Savior. He was sick, and he needed healing. And so were we. And that priceless grace was offered to you and me when Jesus Christ came and sought us out and called us by name. Maybe maybe not in the same way as Levi, but surely he called us by name in our baptism and continues to do so every day as we engage in his word and as we listen to his voice. Follow me, he says, and we follow him out into the world beyond self-imposed limits because that grace is priceless. And it's so unlimited that it even extends to the likes of you and me.